Hey, welcome everybody to the Low Key Podcast. Today we're talking about the platform, or as it's known in Espanol, El Hoyo. Uh, the story of a strange vertical self-management center slash prison that is, uh, has a curious way of feeding the inmates. A platform is lowered down through each of the cells, which are stacked vertically. And of course, the people at the top get plenty to eat of this delicious, uh, lavishly prepared, ridiculously lavishly prepared food, while the people at the bottom are lucky to get scraps if they get anything at all. I hate this movie. Hi, my name's Tim Malloy, and I'm here as always <laughs> with Aaron Latin and Keith Denny. Aaron, how are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for you to, to come out so strongly, but I'm doing well. And Keith, how are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, did anybody else hate the movie or like the movie? I feel like it's okay to express strong opinions because I think the filmmakers knew they made a pretty divisive movie. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I, I guess my question would be, do you hate the movie or do you hate what's happening in the movie? I hate the movie because the main metaphor of the people at the top need to share with the people who are below is so basic and simple to understand and yet they keep driving it home for what I thought was two hours but apparently the movie is only an hour and a half it just feels like it switches between extremely tedious and extremely like violence doesn't get into it it's just gross like just needlessly gross mm. um, what about you Keith what did you, what did you think of it too just out of curiosity um, it made me think about something um my stepdaddy said one time, now, now we, first of all, he ain't the wisest man you'll ever meet. But I do remember him saying this when I was younger. Um, I asked him about, you know, when I was a kid, like, why are there people that's, you know, poor or whatever? And he was, in so many ways, he is, I remember him saying that he felt that God created enough resources in the world for all of us to share, but there are some people that want to keep it all to themselves. So therefore there are people that's going to be here in the world that's going to starve or be without because so many people are just trying to fight to, um, to, to, to have the most. And, and that's why I thought about when I saw the platform, I was thinking about that, you know, is, and just like what Tim was saying, it is a very simple, very elementary, you know, concept. And that was one of the first thoughts that came to my mind when I thought about it. Um, I totally agree and- with him. I think that's a great, great read. And I, I think the movie, I think he put it better than the movie did. Right. It, but that's that's what I'm saying. That's that's what my childhood self just went to when I saw it. And it, and it also went to, I guess, how, it's very extreme, but how, grotesque people can get when they're in a situation where they feel like it's all about their own self-reservation. So if you, in a way to say like, well, I know that I need to survive, so I'm going to do whatever I can to survive, you know, but not realizing that one of the keys to survival would be better for for them all to just work together, you know? Now, full disclosure, as we talk about this, I am looking at 24 rolls of toilet paper so you know <laughs> they have gotten me um i may i may feel put on trial by this by this show it's i'm exploring that possibility 
I think we all are. If if, if uh, that is uh, your position, simply because you know, for posterity, it's worth mentioning. If you're hearing this way way later, uh, most people are still in quarantine or social distancing in the early stages. We have not really seen what's considered a flattening of the curve. Really, a few places have seen what they consider flattening the curve globally, but then they have to shut stuff down again because it ramps back up as they uh, try to go back to a sense of normalcy in society. Um, I'm, I'm giggling in case there's anybody who's missed all this. <laughs> in case they were like, I was on vacation. It was amazing. Oh, no, there were people I was hearing about who literally, they just happened to take like these... Um, Jared Leto. Like, Jared Leto, like a silent retreat. Yeah, like, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Guys, what's been going on? Like, no, no, there was a dude... So, actually, I take it back. This is before Rona. There was a dude who, like, left right... He was from Cali, and it was right before Kobe died. Oh, no. And he comes back, and it was, like, right as Rona was about to start, like, ramping up. And he was like, what happened? I mean, we've been going a month. Like, okay. Well, first off, let me shed some tears. Uh, now, I'm going to have to do what now? Um... But, um, I, you know, so I'm the person who suggested we watch the movie. Um, and I thought it was just interesting to watch. I mean, the movie's only been out on Netflix, I think, for maybe about six to eight weeks, some around that time. Uh, I happened to see something about it somewhere. And then I was like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to watch that. And then it was just in front of me when I turned on Netflix. One day, I was like, OK, I'll, I'll spend the time to watch it. And it was not an easy watch for me by any means. Um, I don't think it's an excellent movie. Um, I do think it's very heavy-handed in how it chooses to do certain things. It's definitely way more interested in its message than it is in character. Um, and I think that actually hurts the film quite a bit in a lot of ways because it's so invested in its message that it lacks the nuance that would make it something special. And what I mean by that is, and I don't mean the ambiguity of the message near the end. Um, and by the way, we have not really jumped into spoilers yet. We're about to start doing that. So if you want to watch the movie, this is where you'd want to come back after viewing it. Uh, so we're going to start jumping way spoil in here. This movie, like the sixth floor spoils the food for the seventh floor. We're just going to absolutely spoil away. Yep. Yep. All right, here we go. So, um, one of the things that really, like I said, I think does not serve the film, we don't get a real sense of the people. Like uh, Gorin, uh, Goring, Goring, uh, our main character, who chooses to go into uh, the, um, what do they call it, the pit? They, well, they call it the pit in the movie. And... Actually, this is worth mentioning, too. So you go into the pit either as some kind of um, punishment for having done something criminal or you can voluntarily go in order to, like, get what they call a degree, which I guess is some sort of social credit that allows for social mobility. They don't really explain this at all. Yeah. Uh, to quit, which, you know. Goes into quit smoking or some ridiculous shit. And by the way, yeah. the uh, the warning from Netflix on this show is, like, graphic violence and smoking. Hilarious. That's that's pretty beautiful. <laughs> In case any kids are watching. Uh, 
but uh it, like people really smoke tobacco that much in these times um but uh you know that'd be hilarious if somebody came to oh and okay so there's a couple of rules of the hole uh one of the rules of the hole is you get when you go in uh you get to bring one item with you some people bring weapons some people bring a rope to try to climb up because they get a sense of what it is you know i think maybe we don't see what the outside world knows but maybe they got us you know some inkling um Goring brought a book. One woman brings a dog. Like, you can bring anything, I guess. Um, then one of the other rules is when the platform, the platform, when it comes to you on each floor, you get to eat it for two minutes. So you got to go pretty quick. And so that's why people really gorge themselves super, super fast. And it, uh, damn, there's another rule. It's not coming to me. You're oh. You're supposed to eat your cellmate, but they kind of look the other way if you do. Oh, well, that's not a rule, then. I don't give a shit if you do that, actually. You got to throw your food back onto the platform, or it will either heat up or cool down until you burn or freeze to death. Fine. That's a that's a reasonable rule for the system that they've created. It, the thing we left out that's actually pretty important is they don't know how many floors are actually on this tower. So they estimate it's 100-and-something early on in the movie. And... Um, they end up finding out there's a total of 333, which, of course, oh, in, in each room of, the, of each floor, which is like a single room that's very tiny where these uh, each of the prisoners are, there's two people. So obviously 333 times two is 666, and, you know, right. It, and they don't do anything with it, which is like, oh, okay, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, it, I have no clue why 666 is used by the government, but okay. Um <laughs> Unless they're like in some weird purgatory or something, but that doesn't appear to be the case. Anyway, so, um, yeah, I don't, it's it's um, it's got. There's one more thing. What the hell am I forgetting? There's another rule. Um, oh yeah, okay. So you, no dogs. you, well, well, certainly not that. They <laughs> poor dog. Um, you can end up in a situation. I think like you last a month on each floor. But the thing is, it's not that you go to every single floor. Like, you can start on, like, the 6th and then right. end up on, like, the 100th or end up on the 40th. Like, they just flip you all over the place. And if one of your cellmates passes away or they finish their time, you get a new person. And right. you don't get any choice in that. They just randomly place you with people. Um, so, you know, with the characters we're with, they just, oh, I'm on the first up and like, 100 and some. And then at one point, early on, they get to put on 200 and some. And then suddenly, you know, cannibalism is about to go down and... You know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so I just wanted to kind of establish more of what's going on with the film. But the, the thing that's super weird, and I, and I don't totally get. We're about to get to the super weird thing. Finally. <laughs> finally. Um, as, well, okay. So this is more of a general thing about creatives and how they, when they want to criticize what they consider a caste system in a capitalist society, they always make the choice to make the people who we're not with as characters who we're not invested in, for them to be very violent people that have no empathy for others. I don't know how true that is. It might be, but it's like they never, like, it's very rare that characters that we don't spend time with are looking to look out for the other person as well. Well, it's very black and white. I mean, to the point where it's literally black and white towards the end of the movie where you have the, the white <laughs> racist on level five, I guess it is, 
who the saintly black character um, tries to throw up a rope, and of course the white guy literally shits in his face. It's just like so heavy-handed with just like little storytelling shortcuts like that. Like we know that the first black character in the movie, because this is like a you know progressive forward-thinking movie, is not going to be like an evil, awful dude. So like as storytelling shorthand, they automatically make him like a good guy, and then they like way overdo the dude above him just being like a virulent, awful, you know, anti-Muslim, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because he doesn't think uh, whatever he thinks that the black guy has a different god than he does, and so he you know has to completely reject any possibility of helping him. And it's just like cartoonishly terrible. And it's like I don't have a problem with them like showing the guy being racist, but like it's not interesting he's just like so black and white i'm the devil and the i think only two black characters in the movie are like the sort of saintly black guy um stereotype and there's just a lot of just a lot of like not that interesting shortcuts like that Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean the guy who's supposed to be like the messiah literally looks like jesus or like the the old time painting portrayal of jesus Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. There's just there's just so much stuff in it. I think he was supposed to look like Don Quixote. I think. Oh, that's the other one that drives me crazy. Like Don Quixote is like the most famous work of Spanish literature. It's like it's like if the central metaphor in an American story was Romeo and Juliet or something. It's like yeah, this is so obvious. Like mm-hmm. it's so. Painful. He's definitely gonna die at the end and all that. Yeah. Yeah, and then the end isn't even. It doesn't even we don't even know what the end is supposed to mean because they didn't really make a decision about what it means, but you know, that's on us if we're not deep enough to catch it, man, I hope the creators of this film do not speak any English and never hear the things that I'm saying, because I'm really, really going hard <laughs> on El Hoyo. I don't know, Keith, man, you, you haven't talked in a bit. I don't know, like what, what, what are you, uh, thumbing through in your mind? Um, I know. I don't think it's as on the same level, but a lot of it reminded me of um, Snowpiercer. Haven't watched that yet. Still, I really need to. Snowpiercer a lot, and I think if you if you take time and and watch it, you can kind of see like some of the parallels. I think Snowpiercer does a lot better with character, though. Yeah. Um, and and it and it and it kind of in a way to me has a similar message almost. But one thing that I get from both of those films and these films that have like these heavy messages like this is this is really and what I can congratulate them on is to be able to create this small world, this small microcosm that represents um, all of society in a sense. And it, it made me think about how when you're like, cause, cause in the in the platform, you can either be on the top level for like, what is it, like a month or so, thirty days. I think, I think everybody on every floor. So I think they swap people out all on the same day. So I think it's like a month rotation, and and there's no, there's no, we don't get a sense of what makes people rotate up or down. Okay, so it made me think about like the brokest I ever been in my life, right? So the brokest I ever been in my life was like college broke. Like you buy a little Caesar's pizza, you gotta eat that pizza for the week. You just got peanut butter and ramen noodles, that type broke. 
So I never been homeless broke. I never been like I'm out on the streets broke. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I look at where I'm at now. Then I look at where I was at like five years ago. And I feel like, and when you even think about Americans in general or people in general, a lot of people are just one paycheck away from being homeless. And then we look at the situation that we're in now, right? Like, where we can be in a good situation here and now, and then before you know it, you you out on the street, right? And 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 I feel like when we at a point where we're at the top, we can be a little selfish, and we don't always humble ourselves and everything. And then when you get to that point where you where you at that low bottom, you're supposed to you know, humble yourself and start to appreciate things and start to have more gratitude. And I feel like, and this is just, this is my theory on it. I feel like the whole point of the the platform itself, like, like, let's say the the people that created this pit, it was a, in a way, a social experience, a very brutal social experience, but the, the world that we live in is that brutal. And it is that savage, you know, because just like being college broke, like I said, that's not that's nothing in comparison to being homeless, and being homeless and on the street, that's nothing in, in the United States. What is that like in a third world country? You know, I don't you know. know. You know, so so oh. one thing that they actually brought up that was interesting, and and I do think this movie does present that we I haven't seen in any other art is you get people so this happens in different books even if you look at I mean Don Quixote is an example I mean we got stuff like Great Expectations I mean there's all kind of versions of this where um, somebody is on the bottom rung and then they get to the top but there's not a lot of examples of like going from the middle to the bottom to the top to the bottom to the top you know like that that really kind of and and the thing is it's not happening because you worked hard because you earned it or you right. fucked somebody over or nothing like that or you you know you or you made sacrifices to your moral character like there's nothing like that happened it's just like it's happening completely outside of you know what you can even like uh it like in any way um like influence and then on top of that the bottom is much lower than you thought it could ever be. Right. That's kind of why I don't like the movie because in America, and we're probably one of the more um, mobile societies, unfortunately. I don't know if that's even true, but probably in the top half of of societies in terms of mobility, Mm. nobody goes from like level six to number 200 to number 50. I mean, you might go from 200 to number three, or you might go from three to 200, but you rarely mm-hmm. like bounce around the way that you described through all of those different classes, switching around at seem- seemingly at random. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think it doesn't work as a parallel to to capitalism. I think you it, it's an interesting study of human behavior, but not like it's not an analog to like economies today or something. Um, so the other thing that makes it a a an experiment that that wouldn't make it worth really trying to make a real comparison to and, and where I would think see this is where character stuff has to get into it we 
we don't have a good sense of like how many people are criminals there and how many people are like volunteered to go. And we don't. And again, because we don't know how desperate the situation is where people would volunteer to go here for a degree, a social credit of whatever of some kind to move up in the world. We don't know how de- desperate things are. Right. But the idea is we're supposed to believe the way it's explained that. So Goring uh, and then his first cellmate, uh, whose name is uh, escaping me right now. So his first cellmate was there because he threw a TV out of window and accidentally killed a man. So he wasn't even like. Um, somebody who was just like some out-of-bounds criminal, but he became a cannibal because he had been there earlier than Goring, and he had to do what he had to do according to him because the system forced him to. Otherwise, he would die. He would have had nothing to eat. So he had to eat a person. And then when he and Goring went down after a month, he was like, oh, shit, we're further down than I've ever been. I didn't even know this floor existed. So you know what's going to have to go down, man. I'm going to have to tie you down in this bed. I'm going to have to eat you. It's going to be that. But the thing is... um, in general, the people there are bad people. Like, that's what we're supposed to get from it. Like, these are, like, either criminals, people with, like, some bad morals or whatever. So it's not like we're getting random people thrown in, and then we're going to see how, like, people in desperate situations who aren't bad, so to speak, in quotes here, um, how they react. These are people who typically look out for number one. So that kind of throws off how it's supposed to function also. I think the thing, the only reason I could think of that they would have everybody moving up and down through all the different levels is just pure psychological torture. Like, just nothing you mm-hmm. do has any ramifications. There's no, you know, there's there's no logic here. This is just messing with your brain. The way that, like, in Missing in Action 2, um, I don't know if the Viet Cong actually did this, would do, like, for, like fake executions where they would just, like, pretend that they were going to kill somebody and then not kill people. Um, mm. You've all seen Missing, Missing in Action 2, right? Sure. Um, so, <laughs> so I guess the point of it is, hey, look how much they're torturing these people. But then what separates this movie from supposed torture porn? I mean, because I think Saw kind of does have like some good social commentary in places. And I think um, mm-hmm. Hostel has really good social commentary. And those two got completely dismissed as torture porn. I think this is more torture porn than those because those had a coherent point of view. It's and it's possible I'm not smart enough to pick up on the complicated message of this movie, but I don't feel that way. I feel like I just got beat over the head with the same message over and over again. I felt I felt that it was just simply that the the whole I guess it it would only be torture if the people were not sharing food. If you were just eating. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yep. That that that's I think that's what they're trying to get at. Yeah, like if you were just eating just enough to, hold on. If you were just eating just enough to survive, it wouldn't be torture because everybody would have enough. Well, if you're at so, level so, one, I mean, just to just to go through it, you're at level one and like the food shows up. Would you take knowing that there's a bunch of levels below you? Would you just grab every? But but, but you don't know how many levels are there. Probably, unless unless you've been like way deep down, and even then, even if you get to the very last floor, you couldn't be a hundred percent certain. Probably, I mean, you'd be dead, honestly, because um, no one's leaving food there. Um, yeah, but then so, I mean, it doesn't click to too many people to come to the conclusion. That so, let's put it like this: no one's gonna start on the first floor. So keep that in mind. No one start. They're always gonna start somebody much further down. 
Because the thing is, you're only getting this meal once a day, and by the time you get it, it's gorged. And then you get to the, like, somewhere in the top 10. I'm just making that up, right? You're like, oh, shit, I'm finna pig out while I'm here. Because I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to do this again. So, like, and look, the same thing even is going on for Corona, right? So, you get into the grocery store, you go, oh, shit, there's, like, nothing here. And then the next time you're like, oh, it's full. I'm going to buy this whole fucking, you know, shelf. That's how some people look at it. Yeah, I think that's what I find so annoying about it, though, because we're actually seeing it in real life where mm-hmm. I went to the store. Store shelves were, like, basically bare. Like, I was, I was kind of thinking, like, how am I – this was in L.A. Like, how am I actually going to get food? Like, the first week, I was legitimately worried, like, we might run out of food. And I think that's the week that you were like, we should watch the platform. And I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, but I really did feel – it's, like, the only time in my life I was like, there could, we could legitimately – if things keep going in this direction, we could truly run out of food. Then when it got to the point when the store was like, we have tuna now, I went to go grab two cans of tuna, and they said, oh, you can only have one can of tuna. And I was like – Oh great! That's a that's actually a better system. Like this is so. Look, th- that that's the version. So there's a a moment that happens um, after Goring. So the reason Goring, and I guess this is worth mentioning, the reason he didn't get eaten is because there's this uh, woman who doesn't speak a word in the film, and apparently this the the myth is I say the myth, but like we don't get to confirm this for a fact. But she's supposed to be looking for her child. And so um, all these characters mean, like, different things. I'm going to come back to her in a minute. But um, after he's saved, he ends up telling people, look, I want to try to save food for people. And and early on, like, the person who helped sign him up to get into the pit, she actually joins the pit. You're going to find out later she joined because she has cancer. But she's coming in saying, hey, trying to convince people, could you not do this? Could you not do this? Could you not do this? And after a bunch of time, uh, different attempts trying to get them to stop, he's just like, look, man, when that food goes down, if you keep doing this shit and you keep eating more than you should, I'm going to shit on the food. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, I'm going to shit on the food because I'm on top and you can't get me. You can't retaliate. What the hell are you going to do? So I'm going to shit on the food or you're not going to get... So, I mean, obviously, there are different versions of how this works, right? So in this case, it's like, you're limited to one and you can't get shit. You know, you limit because they started doing that in Costco. Like I walk in and I'm talking about there was a point you just could not get meat. And then when I went in an, another day, they were like, okay, you're limited to one of each of these items. Period. You can't get more. Even though it's Costco. Yeah. Can't do it. It's a good system. You have to. Because otherwise people will literally do that shit. I mean, it's it's weird because in in a sense it's like, well, you know. People wouldn't do that. I don't know. But then it's like you're watching like, damn. I mean, I remember trying to go like when it first was going on, trying to get my son some medicine. Couldn't find any. Like I literally had to like call family and be like, hey, he's actually he wasn't like Corona sick. But I was like, he has something we need to get him some medicine because somebody just mail it here. I know it'll come in like two days or something. But could somebody send it here? Because people were buying up all the medicine they could. And then later after I, I got it, my mom was at the store. She said, hey, I see two of these things left you want me to get both of them i said no get one because what if somebody behind you needs one you know like i don't want them to be in the same position we were in yeah we're getting our first hand sanitizer in a month tomorrow and we're like excited about it like the hand sanitizer showing up the one bottle of hand sanitizer because we have a baby coming in like a month and a half and it's like right like sanitizer would be helpful it's yeah 100 percent. i don't know i guess i don't 
I'm not saying it's very profound, you know, uh, necessarily. And I don't think it's it's done in the most elegant way. But it is, it is interesting to watch how these things play out and see, you know, um, parallels that aren't all that comfortable. It's it's lucky it came out when it did in a way because everybody's anxious about this stuff, and so it's like a well timed horror movie. I just mm. don't think it's a well done horror movie. Like, has yeah, I'm not sure it's well done. And and I I don't know what the critical reception is. I don't I don't I haven't looked at Rotten Tomatoes. Like eighty two percent. That's not bad. Yeah. Is has anybody seen um, uh, Human Centipede? Oh jeez, yeah. I think this is actually more unpleasant than Human Centipede. But I think, I think Human Centipede was like really well made. Like the the tr- the sort of build up to Human Centipede is effective. Like the terror is well done, and with this, it's just boring, boring, incredibly boring, horrible, boring, horrible, boring, 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 horrible. It's like there's no there's no build the way there is like the Human Centipede. I think that's fair. I mean, I I get because the the issue is is I'm I'm cool with mystery. It's just like like i I felt like I was just there watching a journey, but like there's not something much broader other than the initial thesis that they lay out in the first twenty minutes or so i I mean, I guess in my in my viewpoint too of the film is if any work of art is able to raise any type of consciousness or get people to think about something, I think it. It's, it succeeds in what it was trying to do because I felt like that's what it was trying to do. And especially even now, because I don't think there's nothing else like that that's out right now. And when you look at the social, I don't know, maybe I'm not on social media a lot, but mostly when I hear people talk about their situation in the quarantine or whatever, they're only talking about like what they're going through. And it's usually some superficial, like about being bored or some shit. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, Oh man. Oh, I can't figure out what day it is. Oh man. I'm running out of coffee. Right. Like, and I personally, I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck that you don't got no toilet tissue. Cause there's people out here dying. Yeah. I like real talk. And it's people that's not dying from Corona. It's people that are dying from starvation. It's people that's, that that's being overlooked like they've always been overlooked. Yeah. And and we sitting up here, you know, at the top of the platform complaining about bullshit. And, yeah. and that's just that's just what I appreciate about the film for and 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 it just did just come out at the time that it came out, you know. Um I'm sure they didn't <laughs> this was way before any of this happened, of course. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, that's what it made me feel when I saw it. I was like, I was like, damn, like I'm, I'm really an ungrateful piece of shit, you know? Like, <laughs> I have no reason to ever complain about anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, and no, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, like in this, in this, in this um, space that we're in right now, you know, this- the, the the worst thing, like you said, the worst thing in cabin is that I run out of coffee. This made me think about what art is because I did have that thought, you know, if I hate this movie this much, generally things that I really don't like, I end up liking. I end up thinking, you know, American Psycho (laughs) is one of my favorite books. I couldn't read it the first like six times I tried to read it. And then finally it like cracked and it was like, oh, I get what they're, I get what he's doing. This is really great. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the opposite reaction to it before where I thought it was irresponsible and, you know, violent and whatever. And I just didn't get it. And mm-hmm. with this one, I really kind of searched like, maybe I just don't get it or maybe I'm resistant to this message. But I think it's the opposite thing where I agreed with the point this movie's making from the first seconds of the movie. It, it kind of comes down to share. And I believe that from the jump. So when it just keeps beating me over the head with something I already agree with, it just felt it just felt unnecessary. It didn't feel like art. It felt like like a political screed or something. And like watching mm-hmm. somebody who I agree with making points that I agree with badly. So you know, all right, let's just say, for example, Goring the the thing that's actually super interesting, I don't know sometimes, you know, uh, scriptwriters and filmmakers, they make choices that, and I don't understand the point of the choice. So, like, in this movie, I don't even understand the point of letting people volunteer to go into the pit. Like, it, it doesn't really serve a purpose, right? Um, and, and I think the reason that's a little bit of a problem is if Goring goes in and he he doesn't want to do this and he's resistant to it and he does not it's like there's there's not like there's a lack of um uh like i don't know if goring changes in this movie well really i think the reason they do it from a storytelling standpoint is to say some people in the audience will go like oh well they're all awful criminals who cares and I guess it's to make the point they're not all criminals. Some of them are here for dicey reasons. Some no, but yeah, or some, maybe somebody gets framed or somebody didn't yeah. mean to do certain yeah. shit. I mean, like, even the guy who didn't mean to kill the person he did is a, you know, total jackass, right? And, and is willing to murder so he can eat, you know, human meat, which is, you know, I mean, to me, that wouldn't even be an option. But the thing is, there's not like a, a real. It's weird because. You can't even say Goring wouldn't do it because he ends up having to do it to stay alive twice. Right. Having to eat a person. That's that's dicey too. They try to make the case that if you have to eat someone else in order to not starve, maybe it's not as bad. But I don't think anybody believes that. I don't think anybody thinks, well, you know, it was either kill and eat someone else or starve. And then the circumstances under which Goring eats somebody else are totally different than the circumstances in which his cellmate eats somebody else. His cellmate, like premeditated murder someone else or plans to premeditated murder someone else over a long period of time as they like beg for mercy and is ready to go through with it. He, when he, when he kills the cellmate, when he kills, um, me and Yoda, I don't know what the guy's name really is, but I just thought of him as kind of a Yoda figure. Um, <laughs> when he kills me and Yoda, he doesn't mean when the guy's going to die anyway. And somebody else has already eaten a piece of his heart and then hands him a piece of it. So it's like the guy's already dead. Like you ate, like, I used to be vegan, but if somebody was going to throw away their bacon after they'd already eaten two-thirds of it, I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll, it's better than throwing in the trash. Like, I didn't kill that pig. I'm just, like, eating trash, basically. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of what he's doing. I was going to say I wouldn't say the film is trying to equate them, but I'm not even 100% sure, honestly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say the cannibalism stuff is a little too much. I will say well, that. I, I'm, no, I'm fine with it being in the movie because some people are going to reach that level of desperation. Well, but what I'm saying is like how... Okay, so how long are they on one floor? It's 30 a days. Yeah, um, a month. Yeah, 30 days, a month, however, exactly yeah. they're doing it. Yeah. 
eating something. Yeah. Like if you have water, you can live 30 days. You can probably live close to 60. Uh, I mean, but you gotta be. Nah, you can you, do. You you, you you gotta have some some real fucking will to to do that, and you gotta also have. Just the... think about it. If you if you had the choice between just go living thirty days without food or eating somebody. No 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 no. Look 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 look. I I'm not saying you should do it. I'm not saying I would do it. What I'm saying is to survive that thirty days. It, it's not about like, oh, I give up, I'm gonna eat a person. It's just like you might die. <laughs> it's regular people on YouTube doing it right now, just drinking water. So I, that that, I mean, was, that was the thing that was unrealistic to me. Like I'm like, I know people that that go 30 days without food and they're really? fine. Yeah. No, nah, but but also okay, but look, look, wait, stop, now, stop. Just, no, so, wait, 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 because you you talking about people who who drinking some clean ass water. Versus that shit they got to drink there. Like, I'm not about to be like, well, you could easily do that with dirty ass water. Like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't even see a toilet there. But if you had water, you can live. Mm, not all water. I mean, yeah, it depends, right? But it's possible. I'm, I'm not making the case that they should be eating people. I'm just saying even a regular human being, you had to have a certain amount of health already to do that. And we're they back. Uh, Aaron supports eating people. Keith likes the movie. I do not like the movie. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> Jesus did it. You can do it. I'm telling you. Jesus also resurrected. <laughs> yeah, but before he did that, he went 30 days and 30 nights in the wilderness with no food. With no food. I always heard it was three minutes without air, three days without water, 30 days without food. Mm-hmm. I don't know I, where I, I heard that. I don't know what survivalist told me that when I was five. <laughs> Boy Scout? Definitely can't go without water. Now, now water, yeah, you can't. I, you. <laughs> All right, so you know, but you know, skip skipping more of the. I think we kind of like exhausted what we thought of the movie. But if you guys were going to go into the pit, what would you take with you? God, that's a great question. I think can I can I take a giant package of toilet paper? A package? Just a package. I mean, it's a package because I don't want to say a roll of toilet paper. I think I want to say like a like a batch of toilet paper because I think you could use that like cigarettes in prison, you know? You could you could probably borrow <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't. You know what's funny? Like, because I didn't, again, we didn't see uh, like exact rules. I'd be like, okay, like what's the limit to an amount of an item I can have? Because that's going to determine what my answer is. I don't know. You know like, what I'd so bring? Can... I know what I'd bring. What's that? A hot plate. Yeah, like, can you bring See, food? yeah, th- but, but, all right, but see, all right, you, you bumped into a problem already because where the fuck are you going to plug it up? A battery-powered George Foreman grill. And then but, even if yeah, I get but the bad that, food. Man, that's going to last you like a month. Maybe. <laughs> and what, you think you're not going to get jacked for that? Uh, by my one cellmate? Uh, no, hu- humans will start working. To- you want to see some people band together? They gonna, it's going to be 10 people climbing up five floors to beat your ass and take that hot plate. <laughs> and then they're going to kill each other. There's going to be one left. There's going to only be one Highlander with the hot plate at the end of the day. They all plot how they're going to kill each other, but they're going to go for you first. That'll bring people together. I was told that if I used the George Foreman grill to uh, make burgers with less fat, I'd be pretty ripped and able to uh, take on the world. So, I mean, maybe so. They're going to put your ass on floor 300 for that. <laughs> 
Um, you know, uh, Keith, what, what would you bring? I think we, we really should talk about the kid at the end real quick. Um, and can you bring food? I guess. Hell no. Nah. I'm like I'm pretty sure that's a rule. Like I'm, I'm gonna just say no to that because I was thinking maybe candy. But I was like, nah, it ain't gonna. If we can't bring food, then I'll probably bring a weapon. But for what? What you play on doing with the weapon? I mean, if I had to kill somebody, you know. But but you because like them people were crazy, man. Them folks were savages. I ain't no telling. You know what I'm saying? But I want something that's that can be like kind of hidden or something. He was like, on in how how everybody fucked up, but he bringing a weapon. Uh, probably bring like a sigh. <laughs> That's a good weapon. Yeah. I don't know. I had to think about it some more. I mean, I asked the question, and I'm like, shit, I don't know. Um, and if that, if not, you know, if they, <laughs> not probably, I'd probably just bring like a Nintendo Switch. And <laughs> you can't charge it. You can't charge. It. See, look, I, 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 I thought about it, but. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'll probably uh, take a me. What's that book? No one ever reads in college all the way through. Um, I'd finally end up reading it. It's uh, like fifteen hundred pages. Is it the book by um, the the writer who killed himself, David Foster Wallace? No, no, not that one. Um, That's the one. You know what? At the end of the podcast, I'll remember. Let's talk about the kid real quick at the end. Sure. Um, so, all right, we skipped all this stuff about the end, but eventually uh, Baharat, the, the last cellmate of Garang, black guy, they meet up with one of his former um, teachers, and he says, you guys should um, help everybody on the bottom floors eat some food, um, but then also keep this one particular special dish so that people at the top will see that as a message that, you know, you work together to keep some food safe. Um they violently do so um, and finally, finally make it to the bottom floor where they see a small child and they realize, oh, that must have been who the uh, young woman who was slashing people up must have been trying to protect or whatever. Uh, and they said that, that she's the, and the girl hadn't had nothing to eat, you know, and they gave her the, the dish that they were trying to protect. Um, to send as a message to the top floor and instead use her as a message to the child. Uh, children were not supposed to be allowed in the pit, and I think that they uh, would have believed that the people at the top floor would have seen that as some sort of uh, disgrace and maybe wanted to change some things about how the pit functions or something. I don't know. Um, the child is known as a storytelling device. It makes no sense that she lives for that long looking healthy and then is saved by eating like a single piece of cake, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, so again, th this is one of them situations where it's like, what does this mean? But on top of that, the choice they should have made if the child's at the bottom. Now, here's the thing. An adult probably can make it on just water. A child cannot. That's not something a child. They don't have the, the, the you know stuffing anybody enough of it to last like that. She should have looked a little more ragged, whatever. But that begs the question. Is she real? If, if the child was Gohan, they would Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball character for people who don't know. Um, but, yeah, so I, um, I don't know that that happened. Because by the time they get to that bottom floor, they're really ragged. And barely even functioning. And remember, like, they accidentally at some point... I forgot how I had exactly happened. I saw this movie a month ago now. But they accidentally didn't get on the platform or some weird shit, right? right. Um, and then it left without them. 
And then they see the girl. But then at that point, they're like delusional. Everything, they, everything turns super red. And then like, um, the uh, Borat dies. Goring is still alive and goes over to the last floor. And then the <laughs> the platform goes all the way up to the top. Oh, uh, I think you called him Borat. And if it was Borat, this would be such a way better movie. Oh, Baharat, my bad, guys. I wish Borat. It was Borat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh wow that man you talk about if Borat changing had shown tone. up in the last ten minutes of this movie I would have been like oh my god this is the best movie ever made dude that would have been kind of boss actually <laughs> but um would have screwed up some stuff I get that kind of would have been fantastic as a tonal shift though <laughs> anyway um which reminds me there's supposed to be sequels that big movie studios are considering for this which should be like the most ironic shit I've ever seen but um. Anyway, um, Here's I don't the know. Thing Hollywood does that I don't like. They <laughs> try to make it like class division is so dramatic, and how can people possibly be so cruel while they ignore the actual class division that's like right in front of them and just pretend that's not happening? Because, like, during my time in LA, in the, the early days guys. of the virus. Every single person who was working a job, with like two exceptions, was Latino. Like mm. everyone I saw on the entire block, whether it was like people doing yard work, whether it was people like doing like last minute like moving type stuff for people getting out of town, whether it was people at the grocery store, everybody Latino. And like nobody thinks about why that is. Nobody thinks about the, the total inequity in Los Angeles around that. But Hollywood will make a movie where there's some all of the rich people live in the tower and all of the poor people live in the dirt, as if that's how it works. When that's not how it works, it works like you you actually see the people who are being unfairly put at risk right in front of your face most of the time. Maybe that looks a little. Yeah, yeah, you, Tim, you're <laughs> never this critical of stuff. It's kind of I know, funny. I know. Um, I'm used to like defending a movie where I'm like, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going in those stuff. And, you know, that's actually what was so ironic about like seeing the reception to Parasite, um, which is a fantastic film. But I was like, I mean, y'all kind of, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, dude, don't get me started. Somebody posted about how somebody posted on instagram about like don't you miss your maid right now and she was like oh what oh are you doing jeez like what the fuck are you doing like first, oh that's that's you, bad look like you're you're so lucky if you have a maid i want i want to respond like yeah isn't it a pain to still continue to pay them so they can have a living wage even though they're not able to come to work oh you're not hey. doing that oh all right well look th- but you know what so that's what's actually crazy about watching the discussion around when we, um, I guess, again, start to what they keep saying, reopen the economy. <laughs> it feels like more is just like, I miss my life being easy as shit. Yeah. It, it like, and again, there's like all these other consequences to it that are like real about people losing their, their jobs and all that. And, and that stuff is serious. But the thing is, you can't really do anything about it because if you start doing that, it prolongs the economy being closed, so to speak, because people get sick again and, you know, whatever. Um, but it feels like it's devoid of the empathy that is kind of required for people who are considered essential workers and actually have to still go out there. It's not like people are getting them hazard pay or some shit, which is, you know, whatever, this whole other thing. But 
it's it, it's kind of bonkers. Like I, I do think it's interesting, like you said, that there's this cognitive dissonance where there's just like an inability to recognize fault within self as it comes to class division. But then again, want to talk about how on a macro level, the masses are so selfish and willing to like take everyone for granted and be in like hoard resources, these individuals who don't have much because they don't, ha- you know, have things. But then it's like the people at the top at the first floor are like, hey, man, I want all my, my gourmet again. Where's my gourmet? And the only way I can have is that the people at the bottom are still doing the shit I'm used to them doing. Yeah, I have the most mixed feelings about like going out and getting like we have a Dunkin' Donuts nearby and I have like the most mixed feelings about going in there and like just getting something to eat. And every time I do, I'm like, what's a good tip for this? Like, is it it's yeah. five? Like, is it 10? Like, like you have to be super, super careful and respectful of their space. And like, I'm not going to be the guy who like contributes to it. I don't even like use paper money anymore. Um, but it's like, I, I feel very weird and dicey about it. Like, I, th- I want to keep the business going. I don't want people want people to lose their jobs. But on the other hand, I'm not going to do anything that's going to get them sick. I hope. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, I definitely try to tip more than I. I, I mean, I'm not a a selfish tipper, but you know, I'm not. I'm not in any way like going back and being like you know, counting every penny and shit. You know. Um, Just now you know? is different because like first you never go out, and when you do go out, it's like. Uh, this person's like genuinely at risk being here. Like, I wouldn't want to be working at Dunkin' Donuts eight hours a day. I can't believe they're still open. That's kind of crazy. Oh, but that's Boston though too. Y'all love Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, it's the, it's it's like all all essential businesses or like restaurants and things like that, and it's in a store. So I think that's why it stays. Oh, okay. Gotcha, but, gotcha, gotcha. That makes yeah. sense. They do brisk business. My wife got mad at me today because some lady was getting like 12 bagels. And I was like, that's hoarding. Like you're hoarding at Dunkin' Donuts. And she's like, she can. <laughs> My wife is so good. She's like, what if she's a nurse bringing back bagels for all the other nurses? I was like, oh, God. You're right. Well, that and also buying more than you need at this point from businesses. They're like, please, please buy all this shit. That's true. You're like, man, just buy as much as you can. Like, and it's funny, like, I actually see myself, like, normally I get all these things from um, newsletters, and they're like, ah, you know, could you subscribe to this or subscribe to it? I'm like, eh, no, I can't. But then I'm like, ah, I do read this shit every day. Yeah. I think I should. I'm kind of like, what can I not stand to lose? Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I'm very frugal with, like, you know, extra expenses that I don't really have to to do, but I have subscribed to some local newspapers and magazines recently because I just, you know, I, I want to. I mean, times are just very hard in in all sectors, um, and for things that I know I use anyway, um, and I've had some free access to content. I, you know, I, this is um, at least a time to to show some sort of support and, and try to help people stay afloat um, because. I mean, you know, maybe we're able to open up things sooner rather than later. Um, we'll see. But, you know, you don't want a situation where things are getting shuttered. Like, there are magazines all over the place. Like, I was shocked to see, for example, the Vibe magazine. They just re- they had to let go of everybody. Um, I don't know if it was had to, but they did. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, how are we putting it, right? Um, but we're seeing that in, in a lot of different sectors and, and, you know, 
journalism journalism as a whole is definitely getting hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, and where I can support, I definitely want to do that. Um, I mean, tech overall, like if you're tech centered, you're doing pretty well, but most other places are really struggling. So um, where I can spare a little bit more, I've been trying to do that. We lost Keith. Oh, no, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I'm just listening to y'all. Yeah, I, I have stuff. Yeah, I, I think I think we're all kind of in the mode of like we try to support the things that we really care about and it's 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 harder and harder to make those decisions now. I mean, it's just finite. One of the first things I gave any money to wasn't even like I want to give money to it. It wasn't like a plan. It was like I was reading and this is why this movie maybe bothers me so much is reading a New York Times story about this mother who didn't have enough food and she was actually splitting up the food that she ate um, among her kids to make sure that yeah. they had enough. And it just, it was like immediate, go find a charity and give any money that you can to hunger. Because it's like, that's, there's this, um, there's this thing at the Irish Hunger Memorial um, that, you know, my family is obsessed with because my wife's, parents are Irish and my background is Irish and everything else and it's kind mm. of a joke because like it's so Irish the, the famine is like 180 years ago like you can kind of make like Simpson style jokes about like the Irish because like it's a long long time ago um, right and her family's here and everybody's okay I don't know why I said that but anyway I'm gonna delete all that shit um <laughs> I thought it was fine but yeah yeah there's a thing in the Irish hunger memorial that says when you're not hungry, there are many problems, but when you're hungry, there's only one problem. Yep. And it kind of feels like we're all in the mode now of there's only one problem. And I've just, I've never been in this situation before. It's very strange. There's related problems, but they all spring from one thing. And that's just very, I don't know. We can either totally fall apart or, or band together and be better because of having one problem. And I actually, this whole thing of like, everybody's talking about like the monkey's paw or like when you make a deal with the devil, like if you told the devil, hey, I wish we'd get rid of traffic and the devil's like, all right, <laughs> here's how I'll do it. Like, I do remember thinking about a year ago, you know, there's so many worthy causes and so many things that we should be focusing on. I wish we could do one at a time. This week, we're going to solve global warming. It wouldn't be a week, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and now it kind of is forced on us. Man, what's crazy is I remember back in like the middle of January or something, my wife and I, we just, I'm talking about every weekend, we were going to visit people and do this and that. We it's just like, we just never had any downtime. We were like, damn, like, I just wish we could just like, man, just chill, just have some time to ourselves. Yeah. It's like, damn, like, it really is like a deal with the devil, like you put it like, this is not what I meant, man. I know. Not at all what I meant. Tricky ass devil. Yeah, that's like um, truly some Alfred Hitchcockian shit going on with that. Um, but I don't know, man. Well, I think this is probably a good moment to close. We don't, man. I, normally we try to end more upbeat. It's just uh, this is this movie does not, uh, you know, really uh, bring in the good feels. But it, you know, like Keith said, it does kind of help you think about some stuff. Uh, and you know, I, I'm I'm actually really excited about you know what we have coming for the next few episodes. I do think we have some things that are gonna be really interesting, and, and you know, get people 
to in, in a much better mood, but also, um, you know, maybe an opportunity to like, you know, uh, see some stuff we hadn't done in uh, previously. So, um, I, I, can I, I want to say I respect the filmmakers for making me this angry at their movie. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate them giving me something to vent at. I think, I think I've had some anger over the last few weeks at all sorts of things. And this was a good, safe place to put it. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> just good. You got it all out. Thanks, guys. Yeah. No, it, it, like I said, I, mean, I, I think it, it really it did a good job of, of, you know, just making people think. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of how – I think it'll be interesting to, to see what we think of this movie once we, we've gotten beyond this this um, this moment. I'm, I'm very curious to see how it stands the test of time because, you know, Lord knows, uh, we've seen films that, you know, at the time they have a certain reception, and you look back at it later like, what the heck was going on? Like, Crash is definitely one of those movies that always comes to mind like that. Oof. Wow. Don't let me say bad things about two movies in one episode, but... Hey, hey, oh. hey. No, no, we're, we're not going there. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just saying, for example. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, let's, let's go on and wrap up, because we'll be talking about Crash all night. But, um... Maybe that, we should do a crash episode. <laughs> Maybe we should watch Crash and just, just yeah, nah, nah. fifteen years later. Thanks, you guys, for tuning in with us. Um, please follow us on Instagram at the Low Key Pod, and also for more movie news and good stuff, um, visit MovieMaker.com. And um, I'm Keith Denny here with Aaron and Tim, and we out of here. <laughs>